Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing... Dirty Dancing. The Dirty Dancing. Yes, the original Dirty Dancing from, um, what year was it? 1987. <laughs> 1987. Yeah. The year that my boyfriend was born. So, you know? Yeah. He, he's got a good year. Yeah. He's got a good year. <laughs> this was, uh, this was one of our requests. Yes. It was requested to us by a man by the name of Henry and I knew your last name a second ago, and then I immediately forgot. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this way people can't, like, spy on him. Yeah, so. yeah, let's not spy on Henry. Um, so uh, this is an interesting one because I, I don't I don't really consider this a bad movie. And, I mean, of course, we've done, like, good movies in the past, but this is a really interesting one because I it's really hard to tell if, we were asked to talk about it because uh, because Henry didn't like it or... Right, right. Rather, <laughs> Henry's like, okay, I really can't stand Dirty Dancing and I want them to take it down. Or if it was like, this is one of my favorites yeah. and I want to see if they have anything to say. Um, but I, yeah, it's de- I definitely don't consider it a bad movie and I very much enjoy it. And, and was... I didn't think that I would rewatch it and dislike it, but I was like, well, you know, rewatch might, uh, might bring some stuff up. Um, but nothing, nothing indicting compared to some of our our right. recent episodes. Like in terms of like a movie that was enjoyable and interesting to watch and well shot and acted, I was like, wow, this is what a movie is. Wow, we're back. Yeah, yeah, to exactly. an actual movie. Oh, and like uh, you know, nuanced emotional moments and exchanges. Oh, this is a thing that people can capture on a camera, and I appreciate that. Yeah, because it's I appreciate just, that reality. Because I feel like when was the last time we watched like a like a real? It felt like a movie, like a movie movie. Yeah. Ooh, it's been a minute. Um. It's it's been I don't think we have in 2019 that's for sure. Oh yeah, probably not. Uh so this was written by Eleanor Bergstein and her writing credit before the film is a romance with Jill Clayborough and and if I pronounce it wrong, I'm so sorry, rest in peace, your queen. Um and Michael Douglas called called It's My Turn, which I am planning on watching and it is streaming on Prime and I will watch it and report back. Uh, and she also wrote a wrote and directed a musical comedy in, in 1995 called Let It Be Me that I could not find. I really want to find it. Like, not even on DVD, I couldn't find it. I, I'm very interested in this woman's work because I think that her writing, like, while corny in this movie, it was corny in a lot of, like good intolerable ways. <laughs> yeah, and and smart ways. You know, like uh I feel like this movie um does a good job of proving that you can tackle complex topics in ways that the mainstream can the mainstream. I mean, you know what I mean? Like yeah. um a large audience can understand um and and ways that are fun. Uh, you know, it's a fun movie, but it's also got heavy elements and it, it's smart about it. And I think that is hard to pull off. It's based, you know, partially on her experience. Like she actually went to like 
a vacation resort like this and like, you know, had experiences and stuff. So it was really interesting to read that it was like, you know, she was kind of writing from the heart there. Yeah, infusing and and I feel like that does uh that definitely helps like with with getting certain kind of details right or not f- just falling into stereotypes. Yeah, yeah. Uh it was um directed the film was directed by Emil Ordolino who also directed the first Sister Act movie and the second Three Men and a Baby movie, Three Men and a Little Lady. <laughs> Three Men and a Little Lady. I I hate Three Men and a Baby. I, I when I watched it, I, I it felt like I was going through hell. Um, maybe I'll try. It's very the stressful one. for me. I just I don't know why I hate it so much. Like I get. There's I mean, it's like so much going on that's like dark, and then there's a baby. Yeah, I I don't know. It, like, there's actually really no, um, like logical consistency in in what movies stress me out and what don't but yeah. it's just one of them that triggered my stress in a way where I could not enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I couldn't enjoy it either. Um, uh so Dirty Dancing has got I mean this is an iconic film, you I know. I know it feels weird to like describe the plot <laughs> to <laughs> people. Describe Dirty Dancing. <laughs> so many of the movies we cover are semi obscure because they're so bad, but this one it's like okay, you probably know the basics of the plot you we got, got patrick swayze yep. you got jennifer gray you got jerry orbeck who's most known for being on law and order we got kelly bishop who's most known for being on gilmore girls you know we've got um cynthia rhodes who is in this movie flash dance and xanadu um which is yes. a real a real mvp also i think she was in staying alive and there was a cop movie that she did with Tom Selleck that I have to see. Oh, I need to see that, <laughs> especially because I have a crush on him. So, like, yeah, so yeah. she. This is the queen of the eighties, ladies and gentlemen. We found her. Cynthia I mean, she Rose. has like the eighties look, and she, she has does. the dancing. So, I mean, it's it makes sense. Yeah. So, um, if you are not familiar with Jennifer Grey. She is also Ferris Bueller's older sister in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. She is in Red Dawn, which is one of the few 80s movies that I have never seen. I've never seen Red Dawn, never seen the remake either. I mean, one of these days I will, even though I, you know, I heard that it is problematic. Bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, are you okay? You're like, pause, and you're like, I don't want to say problematic. No, I really don't. Um, she was in other films. I'm trying to see what else she was in. She was in the 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 Cotton Club, um, Bloodhounds of Broadway. Um, she was a real '80s. She was an an '80s star. Yeah, like, she was very much an '80s star, in which that she didn't really. There's there's not a lot of really notable things that she did outside the '80s. She did. She's done a lot of television since then. Um, the the one thing about Jennifer Grey that I always knew, like before I was even really sure, like, I don't know, before I like filmed my filmed, like came up with my entire like concept of 80s film and everything. I knew that Jennifer Grey got a nose job and that that nose job ruined her career. Did you know about this? I didn't know about this. Yeah. When did she get it? Did she get it after this movie? I think she did. Yeah. Um, she so she did a bunch of iconic films in the 80s and then she got a nose job and so yeah because her nose job i was gonna say her no her her face looked the same in ferris bueller's yeah yeah it was after ferris bueller yeah so she 
so she basically she got famous with a certain face and a certain nose, which like I love her nose. Um Me the too. one thing that I love about a star is born is that it gives a lot the newest star is born is that it gives a lot of love to big noses, which I think are would think is great. There's yeah, wrong with I think big, big noses. noses are really cute. Yeah, they are. And so it's it's really sad that a nose job ruins her career. Like I'm sure that there are other factors, but it's basically like she had a very recognizable face. Yeah. And then she changed it so that she could look more more like what she thinks Hollywood wants, which I mean, to her credit, that is what Hollywood wants sometimes, but Hollywood's not consistent. And if you're a woman who managed to get fame for being, for looking like yourself and yourself doesn't necessarily fit into all of those standards, then it's better to just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like I, I thought that she was fucking cute in this She's movie. She's totally cute. I and thought she was cute in Ferris Bueller. I thought she was adorable. I Yeah, she really is. And so I just... That is, like, really... It is really sad when you think about it because there's stars who, you know, fade out and they're, like... You know, they feel that maybe if they had done the work, they would have been in the competition more. Right. And then she she did the, the... She got the nose job and then for her, it screwed her over. And it's just like, ah. Uh. You can't yeah. win. No, it's a huge bummer because she's she's a great talent. She's charismatic. She's fun. She's talented. I loved her dancing. I love like this made me reinvigorated my love for her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, she's and and she's so good at um acting with her eyes. Oh yeah, definitely. Um I mean, so is Patrick Swayze. I think that's part of what really makes their chemistry palpable. Um, yes, man. Patrick Swayze, rest in peace. What a man. I know. Wow. <laughs> I was really, I had to text AJ because I was like, I am horny. Oh, my God. <laughs> this movie. This man, this this man, like, he dances his ass off in his his little tight butt. I'm sorry, but like, listen, we're not booty. gonna. The Yeah, it's it's. I'm just like, wow. Okay. Oh my god. He. Yeah. No. But I was totally thirsting for Patrick Swayze in this. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like if you're not like, I I you missed out. You know, it's he's right there. <laughs> he's he's right there dancing. Oh man. And and. Uh, you know, having sensitive emotional moments with Jennifer Grey, like what's not to love? Yeah, wow. I mean, rest in peace. What a king. What a man. What a what a what a specimen. I I know this is like a very basic observation, and you know, I'm sh I can already hear the eye rolls, but I think. Like, and I know that the beginning of the movie, she goes, oh, like, everyone called me baby and I didn't think to care. But, like, that will never not annoy me that she's called baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like, <laughs> I've just, like, I've always just thought, I just always hated that. <laughs> like, uh, and, I, like, it's not even that I want her to be called Francis. And it's not even, it's not even, like, oh, I have this feminist reason i mean that's definitely part of it it's more it just it's annoying <laughs> just like 
I just hate the nickname. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I just not, hate it's it. It's not a good nickname. <laughs> like they could call her Francie or something that's equally cutesy. That's not like fucking baby. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. Like and of course from the moment that we started, Kyle's just like, when it when is he gonna talk about baby being in a corner? When is when is the baby? In the-? I was like, yeah. it's at the end of the movie. Yeah, so. exactly. So exactly, you're waiting <laughs> and the it's whole not time. Even a big moment that everyone pretends Everybody, like it is. I know it's they're like, oh, this iconic line. moment. I'm like, no, not. Like I'm like yeah I mean he says that but it's not like a big pause it's like before they really go make waves on stage, um, <laughs> so yeah I mean baby that but okay so uh this is a very like uh the rich versus the working class kind of movie it's interesting because like basically hotel management is upper class and the entertainment is lower class and when the entertainment shows up they're just well if it isn't the entertainment staff like and they're just like they're just like so mean and then patrick swayze has this great line it's like put your pickle on everyone's plate and leave the hard stuff to me <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah when he's talking to one of the other guys yeah 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 um and and he immediately like when we first see patrick swayze um one of the managers immediately gives him shit because the manager is like, oh, you guys all like he's talking to all the dancer entertainer men. And basically like your job is to entertain the the rich people that come here, make them feel good and like dance with all the daughters and make the daughters feel desirable and and et cetera, et cetera. But like no funny business. And then the guy immediately calls out Patrick Swayze and is just like basically like we know you're fucking um and uh, Baby sees this, like, she's, like, in another room, and, you know, she, like, sees through the doorway, and that's, like, her first, you know, introduction to, like, the dancers, and and and, and then, like, it, it's very it's very interesting, like, her first few scenes, like, how naive she is. Yeah. Like, how she's just, like, whoa. It's never really, it's never really clarified how old she's supposed to be in it. Um... Like, she's a teenager, but you don't know if she's um, 18. It Like, there's a lot of talk of college, so I just assumed 18, so I didn't have to have other questions. It's <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> you know, about, like, the the age and the romance and all she's of that. She's 17. Oh, she is. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, she's supposed to be 17, but if it makes everyone feel better, she was 27 at the time, which is so... Because she's um, well, so I mean, adorable. Oh, yeah, she it's is so like, adorable. And it's like, I'm going to turn 27 this year, and I'm just like, oh, she just looks amazing. Her skin is amazing. Anyway, and Patrick Swayze is 35. So yeah. those are the, that's the age Oh, I mean, I don't feel working. weird about them actually as people. Like, yeah. I knew that they were fine. Yeah. Just more but the story itself being this iconic story of, like, a high schooler and a grown man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was 1963, so I guess that's how we explain it away. Because it was like, you know, it was a different time and or something. I, and I think Patrick Swayze's character is supposed to be, like, really early 20s. So it is, like, that weird line of, like, she's about to turn 18 and he's, like, what, 21 or something? Oh, yeah, like yeah, where, yeah, where it's, like, like not really, I, I don't want people to, like, come for me. Like, but where it's different than other situations. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to stop thinking about it so that I could enjoy the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm addressing it. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you addressed it. Um. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want to go beat for beat with Dirty Dancing. I mean, do you? No, not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like everybody knows the plot, and if they don't by now, they were probably not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's, she goes okay. Baby is on vacation with her family. She's got her airhead older sister who is hilarious. Love that that actress performance. I loved it. Oh my god! And when she was singing off key, loved oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, she was great. Yeah, she's, uh, she's Janet got, Janet uh, Brooker. Yeah, and she's got Law and Order dad and Gilmore Girls mom. Gilmore Girls mom who like really doesn't have any lines until the end because they spend so much time hiding stuff from her. Then when she finds everything out, she's just so fucking chill. It's I like know. And it was so funny because there's definitely this like daddy's girl competition between um, baby and her sister. Yeah. Um, but then with the mom, when you when she finally gets like actual time on screen, like where she says stuff, I'm like, your mom's really cool though. Why don't you care about her approval? Yes, Kelly <laughs> like, Bishop, she's, like, super MVP. Your dad's your dad's cool, but like well, not better than her. That's for sure. Kelly Bishop, one of my favorite white women. Um, I love her. I never want to hear about her. It was kind of the thing where it's like i remember one time i tweeted if emily gilmore don't talk to me about how emily and richard gilmore are probably racist i don't want to hear about it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're like just let me like her i feel the same way about kelly bishop it's like if she was ever racist do not tell me right i love this woman let me have this (laughs) i love this woman her eyes my god just look into kelly bishop's eyes what oh my god so just want to hang out yeah in her eyes yeah i do uh, so yeah, so she, so baby keeps on hanging out. You know, it's kind of like the Titanic thing, which Titanic comes later. So you're wondering about that where it's like, she's always hanging out with the underclass while the upper class is over there. I was yes. <laughs> and it's very, and because it's in this camp setting, it's like so easy to just set it up like that. Like the housing is separate, you know, cause there's yeah. like the staff housing she's gotta the go staff down to the cabin to the barn versus, it looks like a barn <laughs> yeah i mean it's like totally it's like cabins versus like resort rooms you yeah. know um and and like there's very much this like oh you don't go talk to the staff like in their yeah you don't go to their neighborhood like it's just very um overt and i feel like in that sense like it would feel more heavy-handed if it wasn't set at a camp. Yeah. Um, and so in some ways, like, the movie's able to get away with and just, like, have really straightforward class division. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very... Okay, so, I mean, I'm going to say my, the main thing, because I was trying to think, what about Dirty Dancing bothers me? There are really two things. Um the first one is that this could easily be a film about race as well as class, and they don't go there. And it becomes really egregious when you notice that most of the music that they listen to that's like considered bad, like the first scene where she's got the first scene where she's in the barn and she's like watching everybody like dirty dancing and like rubbing gyrate. It's all like black people music. Oh yeah, and for it's sure. So <laughs> like, and I mean, and it's a movie about dancing and like. Like, I just feel like so many trends, like dancing trends have been taken from black culture. Yeah. Even if it's primarily white people doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, it's really, it's really interesting because like they talk a little bit about like Dr. King and it's very interesting because they're like, even the, the upper class, like they're snooty to these working class white people. But then they're like talking about like 
like Martin Luther King and stuff. And I'm yeah. just like, one of the like, yeah, one of the rich guys is like talking to a baby and he's like casually talking about freedom writing. And so it does feel very like Democratic Party National Convention. Like, like it's like I'm going to go to Mississippi yeah. and like go hang with the freedom writers. But like I'm also going to be shitty to working class people. Right. Exactly. Like I because I don't actually think about this enough in my own time. Like, I just subscribe to, you know, a lot of the. You know, a lot of the black people that are we're trying to get rights were also working class. Like exactly, it's like oh, like uh, are you really <laughs> able to separate this like white server from like the black people you claim to care about? You like, know, it's like, just like if you can't. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, it's very. It, I do feel like in that sense, it's like it is a really interesting. I don't. I don't know if the movie was self-aware in this area. It's aware in so many other areas, but I don't know if it was self-aware to know that it was kind of roasting white liberals in that sense. (laughs) You know? Yeah, no, it makes white liberals look real bad. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, when she... Uh, like when baby tells liberals. off her dad later, it's just like, you told me that, you know, I was going to change the world and that everyone is equal and everyone deserves a shot, which like the whole time she was doing that speech, it's like, what if Johnny was black? Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It would be such a more clear and bigger conversation. <laughs> yeah, but she was just like, OK, so you talk all this big talk, right? And then it's like, OK, these poor people are in need. And then you want to be a little bitch because I asked you for some abortion money. Like, yeah. Uh, Excuse me. I love I love when she like comes for him. <laughs> she oh man, that's a great scene. That's it really is. Scene. I really I really love baby. Like a lot of the time in movies like this, it's like also this the girl is kind of like fucked up. And in this one, it's like she's really just she's here to listen. She's here to learn. Yeah. She's not, baby's really not fucked baby's up. Baby's really great because like, you know, at, at first when she first starts hanging out with Patrick Swayze and like and all of the dancers, they're not they're not nice to her. No, like and they, she just they, sticks they, around. She really like, takes they it. They make fun of her. Like they call her out for being rich and privileged and sheltered and they, they give her shit and she doesn't get like in her feelings about it. I mean, I'm sure she felt shit, but like, she just like kind of is like, okay, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> I like you guys. And, uh, that is not how a lot of people are. And that is not how a lot of characters are. Yeah. Um, and, it, and honestly, it would help. Like when she, um, when she really like takes her lumps, it honestly makes me think that like, what if like white people could like take a white joke and then just like be okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, what if this existed with more people? What if they could just chill the fuck out and, like... what a lot of the stuff with like baby like i was loving baby so much that it reminded me of the time where i took a guy to see best man holiday and he got upset because they were telling white jokes in it ah, oh my god are you serious yeah. how have you not told me about this i don't even remember i mean i've seen that movie but like i don't remember the jokes like how they, how- they are very mild they're very mild white jokes but he was so mad and he was like the only white person in the theater and it was so funny because we come in and all the black people are just like why did you bring him Oh. oh my gosh and yeah he's just like he's just, he can't handle it and then there's just like a few jokes because uh um nia long's character is dating a really attractive white man and they make some jokes about him being corny oh i remember he said something oh, about corny like, he was <laughs> like not offensive he, 
<laughs> okay, so he was just like, I tried to reach you. I I um, I tried to alert all of your devices. And they were just like, <laughs> everyone was just like, <laughs> your devices. So like, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, that's, that's, that's not even like dread. It's like that's funny that yeah, he said devices. It's silly. Like I feel like white people would make fun of him. Like it's oh my god, calm down. Like, like but yeah, it's like baby. I feel like baby could like could like hang out with some people and just be like oh this this fucking white girl and she'd be like yeah i am let's okay she'd be like all right, all right I, let's go. yes <laughs> but like i'm still down to hang out and then people would be like okay well you know we didn't even try to test you but that's kind of what happened and you're you're cool like yeah like she i it, like it really does feel like there's just so many like with the class with the class relationship and like they have conversations about privilege, you know, yeah. um, without ever saying the word privilege where it's very understood. It's like, oh, well, you can get away with things or you can you don't have to worry because you don't have to work, you know. Or when she goes up to one of the dancers, Penny, played by Cynthia Rhodes, and she's like, you're such an amazing dancer. And like, oh, my gosh, I'm so jealous of you. And Penny's kind of this is before they become friends. And Penny's dismissive and because she, she's tired. Yeah. Penny's tired. And she's just like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I was kicked out when I was 16. So like, you know, I I, I like to dance, but also like <laughs> I have to survive. <laughs> and uh, and. Yeah, yeah and man, baby's just was... like baby's just you know she's sweet but she's also like i understand penny being annoyed because she's just kind of in the way you know and, she is, and yeah. she's just like oh and you're a rocket and and penny's just like okay bye like <laughs> i am tired i have to be an adult like oh, yeah and so i guess we should we should talk about penny yeah we should yeah so so yeah that brings me to my second issue of the movie which is that it is kind of hard to stay invested in this romance when we know that this woman is suffering. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a whole abortion plot in this movie that is really like it's like empathetic and compelling in many ways, but also like put to the side in a way that feels very jarring. Yeah, it's very jarring because I, I remembered I watched this the movie for the first time in high school and then I had not watched it again until now. And I remember in high school, I was really mad because of the way the abortion was used. And I was like much angrier than it was just Wah! and like now I'm older and I'm just like, it's very clear that they wanted the abortion well ellen well um the screenwriter eleanor wanted the abortion to be part of the plot and wanted it to be depicted well in a lot of ways it is you know she baby gets the money for the abortion um penny doesn't want to take it and eventually she does take it and then um baby like li <laughs> lies to her dad to get it which i thought was really badass yeah um she just and and i mean and technically the abortion is what creates the romance because um because the only way that penny's able to go to get the abortion is there's only like one appointment slot available but she's supposed to dance during it and so baby and patrick swayze Basically, Patrick Swayze teaches Baby a routine so Baby can cover Penny's shift. So, so technically, the abortion is the whole reason for the romance, right? And it's uh, that's that's so troublesome because like she, so Penny gets the abortion and it turns out to be like a clothes hanger abortion, like really bad, like the tools weren't used well, and she comes back and she's in a lot of pain, 
and baby goes to get her dad and her dad basically like saves her and you find out that she can she can still have children and that you know that she can move on from she can live on from this but because it's the catalyst for their romance i couldn't help but think about her the entire time and it's interesting because like when i first watched this i watched this on cable so uh, Cable takes out all the parts where Baby and Johnny are having sex, so I didn't know that they did until <laughs> that's just, like new stuff to me. Oh wow! Oh my gosh, that is such a different movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different movie on Cable. Like I yeah. don't even understand why they would have it on Cable. Like why even show it? Because Cable showed the abortion, but then not the sex. Like <laughs> I, it truly makes no sense. Um, yeah. So so Baby and Johnny are having sex a lot in this movie, and because there's a whole abortion. But I'm I'm constantly thinking about other things. Like I'm asked, thinking like, is Penny okay? Are they using protection? Oh, for sure. Like it was just it brought it brought like a whole different lens to it because it's such a serious thing. It's so serious, and 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 uh, Penny got pregnant from one of the rich guys and it was a consensual relationship and she thought he was into her, but he's actually a manipulative asshole. And once he found out that she was pregnant, he like slut shamed her and claimed that she's been sleeping around and who cares? Like, and like flippantly talked about her, like, you know, in all the ways that you could imagine. And, um, so yeah, she's dealing with an abortion and being betrayed by this guy and and she does have good friends because like Johnny's her good friend and baby does all this stuff and I can't remember the name of the other dancer guy that's like really good friends and like protective of her, um, but uh, yeah she's just had this experience and and I care about her as a viewer and she's yeah. really not in the she's in the movie a couple times but really just to interact with people for a minute she, after after yeah. the abortion and that's a huge thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a huge thing, and she is really like out of the movie, and it's really troubling. It's really sad. Like I worry about her, and and also like it feels weird to me that baby baby falls in love with Patrick Swayze because she wants to help Penny, and Patrick Swayze is really close to Penny, and so they they do this dance together, and then they get feelings for each other. But it's just weird to me that they never really like they discuss her abortion in one scene because. Patrick Swayze, you know, met baby's dad. Oh, yeah, that was the whole thing. And, like, you know, because Patrick Swayze is such a good guy, when the dad's, like, who's responsible for her as in who did this, he, of course, says that he did because, because you know, he wants to protect her. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so the, but so then the dad, like, hates him for it. <laughs> yeah, he does. And, like, um, yeah, and... and um, and baby like apologizes to Patrick Swayze right after the abortion. She's like, I'm so sorry. My dad was so mean to you. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like he like saved Penny. That's all that matters. And, oh my God. Johnny's such a nice guy. He's so, <laughs> he's sexy he's and he's sweet. And he's so, he's so sweet. And like, um, but it's weird to me that they don't, it's like once they know that she's okay, it feels like they're not going to check on her again or, like, she doesn't come up. Like, she's the whole reason you guys fell in love. I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it would be weird for them to talk about her during Pillow Talk, but... Yeah, um, no, it's just... It, it's it's weird. Like, I kind of wanted more for her. I wanted her to get... 
I don't even know if necessarily like a love interest or something, but I wanted something. I wanted to know that Penny was okay, and my concern for Penny got in the way of the rest of the movie. I mean, a lot of it's you know really magnetic. The dancing scenes are wonderful. Yeah, and everything and the acting is great, really across the board. Everybody's oh, really? Wonderful. It's really great. I mean, even like like um the baby's sister doesn't get a ton of screen time but she does a really great job and their sister dynamic is very real the older sister the older sister yeah yeah, yeah but there's yeah oh but she does uh, some great comedy bits like the way that she plays like a like uh you know a, a vapid like she's playing vapid really broadly but it's really fun <laughs> oh for sure but also like there's a sweet scene um, after Johnny leaves because oh, yeah. he gets fired, where where the sister like comes in and and like gives her a hug and is like, "Do you want me to do your hair?" And then she's like, "Actually, your hair looks better your way." And it's like very tender and, um, yeah. I mean, it's like this movie is really strong. It's just, it's like, why couldn't we get something like, okay, Penny's gonna survive, but. Like, 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 like yeah. she still has to work at this camp with this man who like got her pregnant that she fell in love with that is an asshole and is ta- like spreading lies about her. And yeah. now like now this doctor that's baby's dad knows and like and, uh, what? Like yeah. that's a lot. That is a lot. And there's like a stuff like when Johnny gets kicked out, it's because um, apparently these like senior citizens have been like stealing wallets. Oh, yeah. And also, gets, wow. <laughs> really wonderful. Um, But yeah, it gets pinned on him because this older woman that wants to fuck him, he was just like, no, not this time. And she's just like, okay, well, you're, you'll learn. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah, yes. that's just like a whole thing. Oh, this idea. I just love this. That There's an entire subplot where he's just like, yeah, these like older rich women have been like using me. And I was just like, oh, baby, are you okay? No, yeah. Like, like all these like women who are either cheating on their husbands or their husbands are well, I guess they're all cheating, but because yeah. pretty much everyone there is married. Um, yeah, we'll just like like be all over him and like give him keys to their rooms and like give him gifts and like jewelry and like and and it's interesting because also baby. I mean, like, again, she's very young, but she's very secure for being so young and like naive in certain ways. She's also very emotionally intelligent because yeah, she's, really she's not like freaking out at him for for like the truth yeah. about his past, which a lot of 17 year olds would, um, they would make it about them. She's just like, kind of like, Oh, okay. I get it. Like, <laughs> and he's just like, she's like, Oh, you're using these women. And he's like, no, no, they're using me. And then you see like this tenderness in his <laughs> eyes. And it's like, he's, he's really had a moment where he became sad because he felt like a piece of me, you know? Okay. So as much as I wrote a lot of notes that I'm not really reading where I make fun of Johnny a little bit, but it's, it's so weird because like as much as I make fun of Johnny, I, I still love Johnny as much as I wish he was black. I love Patrick Swayze. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of like, but there are times when he's like, you know, growing up on the streets and I just couldn't help but laugh about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the streets. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, maybe the dirt roads, but like the streets. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just like, it's weird because he's such a goofy character, but he's also just so sincere. He is. Yeah. And his I, performance. I don't want to make fun of him. Because his character really could be a cartoon character. I mean, he's like a, a sexy dancer, you know, like class divide, like 
falls for this sweet rich girl like he could be really awful like he could just be badly acted or thinly written and he's for for how cartoony he could be he's like really really great but i totally agree with you i mean it could be like if it actually tackled race if he was black like you know and is tackling race um class um interracial dating the hypocrisy of white liberals etc you know there's a lot yeah i mean that would be my dirt that would be the way that i would do dirty dancing and i would you cast as johnny right now I know that's a big question. I know. I'm sorry. It's a big question, but um, I don't know. I mean, I guess because he's been on my mind. Um, uh, um, Stephen. I believe his name is Stephen James, the star of If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, I was actually thinking about him because of his sad, gorgeous eyes. Yeah, like because he has the sad eyes that you need, and he's like beautiful and has that sensitive. Oh. Huh. I'm going to cry. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. him. I love him so, <laughs> so much. So good. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, th- yeah. <laughs> We're both, like, falling apart. <laughs> it's like Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, my this God. This movie had me really in my wow. feelings. Oh, yeah. I cried for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was... It's such a great... Like, a lot of 80s cinema doesn't hold up. And it, there's something about Dirty Dancing that really holds up. It does. And it was really nice because I was honestly, like, I, I rewatched it last night. And I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm, I don't want to. I didn't want it to be bad. <laughs> and no. I, I didn't really think it would be bad. But I, I didn't want to rewatch it and not enjoy it. It's so, so good. The music. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And, and like, and it. It also makes a lot of sense that it was a woman who wrote it, you know? Oh, yeah, no, that it's makes like, all the sense in the world. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I'd be remiss to point out that there is a Dirty Dancing 2. It's called Dirty Dancing Havana Nights, and it has um, Diego Luna and I think Romala Garai. I think that's her name, something like that. Um, yeah, that was not originally supposed to be a dirty dancing movie. It was supposed to be about it was supposed to be its own thing about Havana and the revolution and and it became rebranded as a dirty dancing movie and then they brought Patrick Swayze in and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. We might do that sometime, but I feel the need to point out that yes, it exists and yes, I know and yes, I saw it in the theater, okay? <laughs> so you don't have to ask I love it. your preemptive. You're like, "Okay, don't don't write me on Twitter. Twitter about this because I am addressing it in the podcast. Yes, I was in love with Diego Luna for a year after I saw that movie. I'm aware, I know he's hot. He's also Diego Luna is also if Beale Street can talk. Really, you should see, you should watch this and then go see if Beale Street could talk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what a great double feature. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then go. I don't know. Go eat a muffin and take a bath and cry. Yeah. And like, Light write, some candles, write a maybe. text to somebody that you care about. Tell like, someone that you love them. Yeah, like, really get into it. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Dirty Dancing is such a... <laughs> I just... I. It's interesting that we were asked to talk about this. I mean, I'm glad because I'm glad that I could, you know, talk to you about it. Oh, and, yeah. Know, it's fun to talk to you about it. communal but experience. Yeah, exactly. But, but it is like, like it's dirty it was dancing. Yeah, I, I think it was one of my sisters. Like they're like, "Oh, what movie are you doing this week?" And I was like, "Dirty Dancing." And then they kind of pause. And they're like, "Okay, don't you do bad romantic comedies?" And like, isn't 
like she like she was like you do you think it's bad and also it's not really a comedy and i was like listen we're doing it okay okay no <laughs> it's got to be a comedy because there's a part where baby's older sister asks where is her beige indecent lipstick <laughs> oh that's an amazing line <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think because it's not that there aren't like clever, funny moments, but I think that uh, really baby's sister makes it a comedy, just like her existence and like her lines are comedy. I feel like she I feel otherwise I would I would honestly call it a drama. Yeah, I feel like she just like had to be there. It's like, wow, it's getting really heavy, guys. Let me come in here and sing for a little bit. Yeah, I'm just going to be ridiculous over here. So like just here, have a have a tea. Like, let's let's do this. Yeah. And she like almost dates the guy. Who who gets Penny pregnant and like all yeah, of this stuff? Yeah, Robbie, piece uh, of piece of garbage, not even worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's he's he's like I, probably I to, the most one dimensional character, but he also still feels real. Like he reads Ayn Rand, and he literally at one <laughs> point, um, because Baby confronts him about the abortion and is like, "Oh, like aren't you gonna help Penny? Like because she knows that Robbie has money." And he's just like, he like gets out Ayn Rand and is like, I don't know if you've read her, but like some people matter and some don't. He literally says that and and basically and then says some other awful stuff about Penny. And he yeah, he's the character that's the most like cartoonish, but also I've met people like that and those people do exist and yeah, I do, I, I, I do I love how all the worst guys in this movie are from Ivy League schools. I oh, love yeah. that. It is nice, right? Yeah, because that, yeah, that, that Robbie guy. All the guy, dancer guys that we know are, are all sweethearts, and they're like the ones, because a lot of movies, you know, like to make it look like, like, uh, you know, poor men are more sexist and violent and all these things. And this movie's like, nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh yeah, I love the I love the Yale and Cornell hate. Um Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, man, Dirty Dancing. What a what a film. What a, what a great movie. And if you haven't seen it and we've already kind of spoiled it for you, you might as well watch it now. We could never spoil the dancing or the oh, the part where they're like where they're like messing around on the log. Oh my oh, god. Oh, so hot. Yeah. Oh wow. man, and that scene. Oh, the one where where they're like lip syncing and <laughs> to that song. Uh, oh yes, yeah. that is such a good flirting scene. Oh my god, yeah, what a so film! Good. Honestly, this is a good romance episode. It is a good romance, and you know what? We needed this. <laughs> we really so did. Thank I've you, been Henry. Exhausted. Yeah, I have thanks, been exhausted Henry. too. I feel like the last few movies have been a slog. Yeah, and it's just been like, oh, we have to talk about it, and I'm just like, and I was feeling nervous because I was like. Do I have to say mean things about Dirty Dancing? <laughs> I, I know. Like, wouldn't, no. it, wouldn't it have been kind of sad if I'd rolled in, like, guns blazing, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, no. And I'm like, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's we're, Jennifer we're Grey. We're both too much of softies, and, like, Jennifer Grey is just, and Patrick Swayze, they're just such cuties. Like, how do you not love them? Like, Patrick Swayze. I've seen Roadhouse multiple times because of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's great. W- wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, do it. Please watch do watch it. Dirty Dancing and tell people you love them. Yeah, it's very important to tell people that you love them. Uh, and um, we are on Patreon, Bad Romance. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Bad Romance Pod. Uh, and we are on Twitter and all of the things. And we might be doing a side podcast where we talk about 
erotic thrillers, but you'll only get that if you're like $8 or more on Patreon. If yeah. You pledge. Uh, so, you know, I mean, we're doing stuff. We are doing stuff. Yeah. And it's very, very exciting. So thank you for being part of this and, and listening and talking with us and being cute. Yes. Yes, you. Yes. And this episode <laughs> was fueled by tequila. So shout out to the tequila. <laughs> if any tequila My, companies want to sponsor It was fueled the by tequila for you. And for me, it was like a weird afternoon nap where you feel disoriented. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, uh, we are on Twitter. We are on all of the Spotify. platforms. Yeah. Listen to us. We are wonderful. And so are you. Goodbye. Bye. I'm Jordan Searles. Oh, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Oh. In uh, case you didn't know. Yep. Okay. Bye. <laughs> oh, yeah.